Hello and welcome into the Killer Frogs bullpen. This is our second episode. I'm once again joined by my great co-host Carson Worsell. Carson, how are you today? Good. How are you? Doing great. Ready to talk some frog ball today. We are going to do a pretty much a full breakdown of the TCU 2024 baseball season. We're going to talk about final record predictions, our pitching breakdown, our hitting breakdown, and basically just our thoughts on how the season will go. All right, Carson, we'll kick it off with you. What's your what are your expectations for the team as a whole before we get into final record predictions? What are your expectations as a whole? So, I mean, with with TCU, obviously, when you've had as much success as they've had in the past 10, 11 years, like you can genuinely say on almost any given season, this team can make a run to a super regional and potentially the College World Series. There are not a lot of college baseball teams you can say that about. Yeah. Maybe Florida, LSU, maybe Arkansas, even though they haven't delivered yet, despite being ranked to top five in almost every year the past five years. Yeah. Um, you can't you can't say this about a lot of teams where you can say genuinely, I think that they can make a run to the College World Series. I think that's uh I think TCU showed that sentiment more than anything last year with the slow start that they got off to during conference play and able to turn around that. Lately, you know, they've won 20 of the last 22 conference championships, essentially, pretty much. Mm -hmm. uh, they've been lights out in baseball, and it's been the one sport that has been one major sport that has been consistent for the school as a whole. And I think this year is probably their best year since was 2014 team to win it all this year. And I yes. think that that's it's pretty much this year is the first time in a decade that it's been title or bust. Yeah. Um, so, you know, without talking anymore, what what's your final record prediction? TC plays 54 games, 33 home games, 18 away games, and three games at a neutral site at Globe Life Field. So I have them finishing 33 and 21. I do think that the Big 12, like we said, it is top heavy with Texas, Texas Tech, OSU. TCU doesn't tend to perform very well in those series in the past. But they do take care of business whenever they need to against teams that they know that they are better in. And obviously the, mid the midweek games, I do think they go 33 and 21 in the regular season. So you have them finishing right about the same record as last year's and basically the last two years, essentially. Yes. Interesting. I have them going uh, 39 and 15. I, I, I think this is the year that, you know, as long as health, you know, healthy wise, if t the team can stay healthy, I think this is year they get it done. Uh, they get Tech at home, they get Oklahoma State at home, they go to Texas, yeah. uh, which will be a, you know, that's always a great environment to play in. Yeah. Um, midweek games will be tough. Uh, DBU twice. They have Washington State that comes here. A lot of good teams in the midweek games, but there's no SEC teams this year in the schedule, and I think that fares well for at least before conference play starts, that it can essentially what happened with basketball this year is inflate their record a little bit. Uh, and I right. think it'll carry them over and give them going well. What about come postseason play? Come, you know, Big 12 tournament play, regional, super regional, Omaha. What are your thoughts? What's your predictions for that? Uh, I mean, the Big 12 tournament is kind of – I mean, that's been hard to predict kind of in the past couple of years. Um but TCU seems to find that rhythm almost every time and at least make a showing in the Big 12 championship game, you know. 
So I have them ending up there for sure. Um, past that, I I do have them winning a regional. I think super regionals is where it gets tough just because, I mean, there are a lot of, a lot of really, really good teams out there right now. I think that, I think that any team that they face exactly like last year, Memphis state, like I, any team that you face is going to have strengths and weaknesses, but they're going to be dogs all the way around. Do you have them uh, hosting a regional or going to a regional outside the six, top 16? I think that we will host a regional. Okay. I do. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much the same sentiment. Big 12 tournament is a, any given team can win that. Uh, we saw that last year mm-hmm. uh, with OSU, go, who, who was a slightly down team compared to their normal history. They were going on a nice run last year. Uh, I do have them hosting a regional. I think they finished within the top eight and will be able to host a super regional too. Um, will be interesting to see with the seating again compared to last year's. But I do have them hosting a uh, regional and a super regional and eventually making it to Omaha and hopefully as a top seed this time. Um, so let's get into the pitching. Uh, what What do you think the overall thoughts on the pitching going into this season is compared to last year's? I think that with this year, I think there's a certain expectation for the pitching based on what we saw last year towards the end. Obviously, you're never going to start out how you end in a baseball season, but there are definitely expectations to meet this year because you've got Cole Klecker, you've got Ben Abelt, you've got Peyton Toll potentially being on the mound, eating up innings. I think there's an, there's an expectation that this TCU – starting rotation is at least going to be good. I don't know about great. I don't know about excellent yet, but I do know that they will be good. The bullpen is where I kind of have some questions that need to be answered. How healthy is Louis Rodriguez going to be? How healthy is um, the other guys like Zach Morris? How healthy is he going to be? You know, obviously he's had a lot of injuries in his career, but is he going to be able to, be a serviceable pitcher for TCU this year. Yeah, and I, I I think this is kind of the reverse of going into last season because last season you knew the bullpen was going to be great mm-hmm. and you just had question marks over the starting rotation. I think this year it's kind of fl- flipped a little bit. Uh, the starting rotation has, it's, well, it's not solidified on who will be starting. You have enough options this season that you know that you're going to be pretty well taken care of regardless of who it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, you got Cole Klecker, Ben Hampton, the chancellor from West Virginia, West Virginia, who has great spin rate on all of his breaking balls. Peyton Toll, who, if he is a starting pitcher for us, was fantastic at Wichita State last season. Zach Morris has been stellar at Arkansas up until last season, and he was battling injury the entire time last season. That kind of mm-hmm. proved it. And I think, you know, you're losing big guys out of the bullpen last year who, although they weren't you know, world breakers, they were veterans. They had played, they had been to Omaha, they had had the experience that you needed from your bullpen to be able to be ice whenever you needed it. Uh, and I think this year, the only solid bullpen piece that if they come into a game that I knew I could expect them to shut it down is Ben Abel. And he proved that last season. Yep. That little funky release that he okay. has from a lefty angle coming down filled with a 94 mile an hour sinker is disgusting. And I think it, it'll play well this year. Um, <laughs> Who do you have as your pitcher to watch for this season? So it's actually Jax Traeger. 
Jax Traeger, obviously getting up to 98, 99 miles an hour on his fastball. And watching him pitch just in some of the videos that I've seen where it's he's pitching in those summer leagues, he's pitching in scouting, scouting little tournaments. He's looked absolutely amazing. Last year, obviously had a lot of control issues, couldn't really find that rhythm that pitchers need to have. But this year, I expect him to make a huge jump from last year. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard great things so far about how he was playing uh, summer ball and all of, you know, the, how he was performing in the fall compared to last season. Uh, I have my, my pitcher to watch for is actually Andrew Moziello, the transfer really? from Oregon from last year. I think, really? I, yeah, I, I think he slots into a big role that the yeah, team yeah. will need. Um we kind of have long relief kind of sorted out with Louis Rodriguez, um, potentially mm. Zach Morris, and them flip-flopping. You have been able as your closer, and I think you kind of need that seventh-inning high-impact pitcher that can play, that can come in and, you know, shut it down at the time when you don't want to use Ben Abel. And I think he, he can slide into that role nicely for what TCU needs this year. Okay. Um, switching to the other side of the field, hitting breakdown, do we, you know, what do you expect from TCU's offense this year? I expect a lot of power, I think. I think that's going to kind of be the name of the game. Like, obviously, like, we lost a lot of power in Cole Fontenelle and Braden Taylor last year, but I feel like it's kind of just the same thing. You've kind of replaced those guys with more power hitters. Um, you've got Luke Boyers. You've got Peyton Toll, obviously. Anthony Selva can get it out of the yard when he needs to. Um, but for the most part, also, we don't really know what that lineup's going to look like. Um, it seems like we've just kind of got the guys' names that are floating around on social media, and then that's it. So come come that first week, I'm not sure what to expect or, or who's going to be slotted where. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the offense as a whole – will essentially be the same as you see every year is it's a very slap hit baseball team. And then you got a few guys that are going to be able to hit it out. And that's about it. And that's kind of been the TCU formula. And while it varies from what most other teams do, it works for the team. They got the guys that are willing to do it and do it well. I think you'll see the uptick of power for Peyton Toll this year at the DH spot. And I think that's going to make a world of difference. Um, yeah. I, I do. I do agree with you on the sentiment that we, don't know who's going to be starting. You have your select positions that have already been filled out. Like Carson Bowen's going to be your catcher this year. Anthony Silver will be your shortstop. Peyton Chantignier will be your second baseman. But like first base is still kind of up for grabs. Third base is definitely up for grabs. Uh, mm -hmm. Luke Boyers is going to play a role in the outfield. It just depends which way. I, I, I really think that that first weekend, which is in nine days from now, against Florida Atlantic will be able to tell us or Florida go closer, tell us a lot about, you know, what we can expect from a lineup coming up. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, who do you think is going to have breakout season this year? Or in other words, be the best hitter on the team. The best hitter on the team. I think it's probably Anthony Silva. I think with what he showed as a freshman and now that he's got games and a collegiate season, under his belt, as well as a collegiate postseason, I think that he's going to have the highest batting average, and I also think that he'll have the most RBIs on the team. 
I think he's going to be the go-to guy when you need a clutch hit. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I do. I do agree. And, but I, I, I couldn't do it just because Carson Bowen's on the team. What he did last year <laughs> while behind the dish. I, I love the way that the man plays. He's basically, yeah. he reminds me of Evan Scout. I knew, reminds, I knew you were going to pick him. <laughs> he reminds me of Evan Scout. I'm, I'm, in love with Carson Bowen. I think he's yeah. I think he will be the heartbeat of the offense. You you know, Anthony Silva's gonna be your on base guy. He's gonna be basically your Braden Taylor from last year, minus a few home runs. And Peyton mm-hmm. Toll's gonna be able to knock the ball around. But Carson Bowen as a whole will be the man just does it all. Like uh, you're gonna hear me season long. Um he I think he's one of the better hitters on the team and I from a premium position that you don't expect many great hitting from yeah i do remember in uh the big 12 championship i think it was so i think they showed a stat in the fourth game so it was the championship game in the big 12 and i think it was like he had like 12 at bats and like seven or eight hits or something stupid like that like i was like i i saw that stat and i was like this is nuts for a catcher and and like, don't forget a true freshman catcher last year yeah yeah, like <laughs> TCU He's, really did strike gold with their freshman class last year. Yeah, and and their freshman class this year could play a big role. I mean, Chase Brunson yeah. could be the center fielder this year, and yeah, absolutely otherworldly. I mean, I I do think it it kind of depends, you know, how uh, Kirk Sarlos wants to go about the catching position. Um, if he's mm-hmm. going to rotate him out, because I think you kind of saw last season whenever TCU was going in a slump, Carson Bowen was kind of like, you know, you're playing that many games over a season. It's going to take its wear and tear on you. Right. Uh, Okay, but let's talk about overall for the rest of the team now. Do you have – who do you have as, like, the team's MVP this season? Could be pitching, could be a hitter. The MVP, I think it'll probably be Peyton Toll. I feel like his role on this team with with as much hype as there is around him, I think that he is going to live up to it. I think that his hitting will be really, really good. And I think that he will be a good pitcher on the mound for TCU. Yeah, I, I that's a great pick. I mean, Peyton told, I mean, he gets the bump of being able to do on both sides of the ball. Right. Uh, I do have Cole Klecker. Um, just because I, you know, we both assume that Cole Klecker will be our Friday night starter for the Frogs. And I think, Right. Having to deal with the opposite team's ace, he proved last year in Omaha that he can go toe to toe with the best of them. And oh yeah, it, again, the best parts of TCU's teams last year were all freshmen. Cole Klecker, mm-hmm. Ben Abel, Carson Bowen, Anthony Silva were all freshmen. Cole Klecker has a season under his belt now. He finished last season with a three point seven ERA and a seventy two to thirty strikeout to walk ratio. Like he's he's gonna build on what he was last year, and I think he improves on it enough this year that he becomes the Friday night starter that TCU has needed for the last two seasons and has been up without. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see how, uh, what he's developed over the off season. Obviously I'm, I'm interested to see potentially velocity jumps. Cause if you get him with, with his off speed stuff, mm-hmm. if you can get his fastball to 95, 96 miles an hour, dude. Oh my God. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I truly think it's interesting because it's his first real full off season 
yeah, a college program. And I think it'll do wonders for him and what he's able to produce this year on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about team, you know, newcomer of the year? We won't include Peyton Toll on this one uh, since you have as your MVP. Who, right. who do you have as your MVP or your newcomer of the year? It could be a transfer. It could be a freshman that makes an impact. What do you have? I think it'll be Ben Hampton. And this could be a little bit biased just because when I play baseball, I I just threw a bunch of junk and <laughs> throw a fastball occasionally. Maybe I'm biased, but I think that he's going to find his role to be kind of flip-flopping throughout the season. Um, we've seen in the past TCU – well, Kirk, Kirk Sarlos is not afraid to take a starter, put him in the pin for a couple weeks, and then bring him back into the starting role just to kind of give them a change of mindset. And they, he's also done it the other way around. Yeah. Um, I think that he's going to get multiple starts. And then I also think that he's going to get multiple opportunities and high leverage situations that I think he'll be able to, to deliver on. Yeah. I, I think, you know, this, again, this kind of touches slightly on what we talked about earlier is, you know, is Ben Hatton going to be a midweek starter? Is he going to be a weekend starter? Is he going to be a long relief option in the bullpen? And I, I think, you know, you touched on it. It's the beauty of how Kirk Sarlo's coaches is he gets the players to buy in that they don't commit to a role, and that's what they are all season. Yeah. Um, For me, I, I was, you know, decided between Brody Green, Zach Morris on what he could do eating innings, and I decided on neither. I'm going with Peyton Chanticleer, the really? Ole Miss transfer. Yeah, I think – I. I I just think with what he's been able to do at Ole Miss and his different production last year, I think he might be one of the two players that gives you the sentiment of, you know, it's a new place, new mindset. And I think we kind of see him get back to the old Chenonier that we saw at the beginning of last season and the season before that enough that I think he's going to be enough of an impact on the field. Uh, patrolling that middle of the infield with Anthony Silva will be great defensively wise. Uh, yeah. nothing's really going to get through. And I think he's going to have enough offensive production that he's not, he realizes he doesn't have to go big or go home every time he's at the plate, just play the way ball that TCU plays. And I think he, from everything I've heard is that he's bought in enough that it should be a pretty big season for him. Yeah. I do think that he brings kind of a veteran presence that TCU not necessarily needs, but he brings one that definitely helps. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, this is this is a TCU team that mm, there's only going to be potentially one true freshman starting on, and that's mm -hmm. could be center field with Chase Brunson, and the rest of them are all were either all you know contributors for last season or they're transfers that have a lot of you know depth, unless they're Luke Boyers, who somehow somehow I feel like he gets an extra year of eligibility every single year. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like that's any college athlete right now. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you know, do you have any closing thoughts? Anything you want to share before we end this? Uh, I think I'm just excited to watch TCU baseball again. I mean, it feels like it's been a full year when, yeah. in, rea when in reality, it's been maybe five months. So it's, I, I said earlier that the first game is months. nine days away and that kind of blew my mind. I didn't realize it's that close and I feel like a kid on Christmas right now. Yeah. I, I get so excited every time. Yeah. Every every time it's this like it's this week leading up to the first series. I'm I am a little bit disappointed that we aren't playing in that SEC, SEC. like the matchup at um 
Globe Life Park, but I do think it'll be a nice change of pace for uh, for just seeing different teams. Yeah, I I I think it'll be a good good change. Uh, get some new fresh blood, and I think maybe some of the reasoning of it is is we're gonna see him in the postseason. Don't you know? Yeah, you don't want to get them looks on your pitching now. But uh, that'll that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us on for the Killer Frogs bullpen. We'll be back next week. Next week, Carson, we get to preview the first series of the year. Oh, uh, thank you guys, and uh, we'll talk to you next weekend.